everyone, and welcome to Me, You, Us, a well-being podcast. It's another Well-Being Wednesday here at Consumers Energy, and I'm your host, Bill Krieger. Today, my guest is Amy Pelletier. She is the workforce lead in the security organization here at Consumers Energy. So, Amy, if you'll introduce yourself, we'll get the conversation started. Great. Thanks for having me, Bill. I'm Amy Pelletier, like you said. Um, My role is workforce lead within the security organization. And um, that basically means I wear about a dozen hats, uh, which I know a lot of people do. And, um, you know, I I work on our empowerment work, um, DE&I, uh, I also do some work with our quality expert, Don Bullard, in the CEUA space um, and partner with uh, Christopher Peterson, our great culture, people and culture partner for career development. Um, do a lot of uh, administrative functions to uh, plan and facilitate at some of our meetings. Um, and I run the intern council. So that's just some of the hats that that I wear um, in this role. Uh, when we were developing it, we kind of decided it was all things people related. So that's what I do. So it sounds like you need like a separate room in your office just for all of your hats. <laughs> yes. I have lots of different um, uh, files in my OneNote folder, too. That's how I stay organized. <laughs> <laughs> good idea. Good idea. So, uh, Amy, I got to ask, what what brought you to Consumers Energy? What was your journey to get here? Oh, my goodness. That's so funny. Um, it Working at a utility was, was really never... Um, sort of in my thinking, uh, I was a college professor. I taught communications and business classes for about 25 years before I joined the company. Um, During that time, I also did some um, development work in the nonprofit world here in Jackson. And um, so, you know, working for a utility, in my mind, that was a lot of linemen and wires and engineers, and that was not my background. Um, And so when I was uh, teaching, a friend of mine who I'd served on a a board with um, gave me a call and said, hey, what are you doing these days? And and I told him I was was still in the classroom. And he said, you know, there's a role in our security organization, and we just have such a great culture here and such great people. And I think you um, you should interview for it. And I said, well, I don't know. I'm kind of happy where I am. I said, let me think about it. So I did. And um, a couple of days later, I'm like, why not? Right. So uh, I set up the uh, I put in my application. I was granted an interview. And almost from the moment um, I started talking with Jim Beachy and a couple of his um, team, I just I felt an instant camaraderie, uh, an instant fit. And uh, the role was to be his administrative assistant. And a couple of people said, well, gosh, you have a master's degree. You've been teaching in a college classroom for, you know, going on 30 years. Why why are you doing this? Um, And I said, change is good. And I just thought this is another adventure. And this could really open up a chapter um, that I didn't even know needed to be written yet. Um, And so my role has really evolved over the three years I've been with the company. and. Almost every day, I use some of the skills from the classroom um, and my experience in as a professional communicator. And so it's uh, it's really not been that crazy a leap. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I ended up here. So th- that's an interesting story to me from the classroom uh, into uh, a utility company. And 
you know, so many times I talk to people who work here and they say the same thing. You know, I thought it was wires and, and linemen and things like that. But there's so much more that goes on behind the scenes to to kind of make this whole thing function as a company. And uh, so it's nice, not only for me, but for all of our listeners to understand that working for utility isn't just one dimensional. There's really lots of different dimensions. And if you start out in one place, you may end up someplace completely different. Uh, but it's for me, it's always been an adventure. It sounds like it's the same for you. Absolutely. And that was probably the most consistent uh, advice I got in probably my first six to eight months here um, was was that very thing is, you know, I've, I've been here 30 years and I've had four different careers, right? Um, or, or, you know, you you may really enjoy this role and and stay here for, for the rest of your career, or you may be somewhere completely different in five years. And just knowing that there were so many opportunities um, was really exciting to me. And, I, you know, I have a leader and, and a leadership team that is very much um, encouragers of that, right? Go do a go and see, go have a job shadow, um, you know, find a mentor in a completely different part of the company to learn more about it. And I've done all those things. And, um, you know, for now, I, I still love my role and, and my team on insecurity. And so I, I haven't made any change, but I know that that's not a scary thing. And, and that could really be um, something that happens in my future. Absolutely. In the 27 years I've been here, I've uh, held all sorts of different jobs. I I say there's tons of opportunities. Some people may say that I just can't hold a job, but uh, <laughs> I've enjoyed myself every place I've gone here at the company. You did say something, Amy, that piqued my interest in your uh, introduction, and you talked about the intern program. And, you know, I interview a lot of people on this program in many times their introduction starts out with, I was an intern here at Consumers Energy. And when I think of internships, I think of my daughter who just graduated Michigan State University. She is going to be a teacher and she is doing her internship in teaching right now. But that internship means that she pays Michigan State University X number of dollars for her credits. And she teaches in a classroom at no cost to the school district. And it's a great experience for her. So I'm not saying anything about that, but I think some, a lot of people equate that to an internship. I think we do it a little bit differently here, don't we? We absolutely do. Um, we bring on, I think between the engineering, um, IT, security, um, and some of the other groups, um, probably 300 uh, in an average year throughout the company. And so um, obviously, depending on the size of your group and the needs of your your team, uh, that number varies pretty greatly from team to team. I know in security, we'll usually bring anywhere from 10 to 15 in, and the official summer internship runs from May to August. So it's just three months, but you're planning for this all year long, and you're working with those students who, by the way, are very well compensated. This is not um, a come get coffee and don't get paid kind of situation. Um, our interns are doing the work of an FTE. They are uh, skilled up. They are, um, you know, we look for those specific uh, skill sets and really that hunger to learn new things and to try new uh, experiences is really what we look for when we're when we're finding interns. But I can think of four or five 
within the security organization who started as interns. So that is a is a very common story, uh, which I think speaks volumes to the the internship recruiting that we do, um, and and the fact that we create an environment that people want to stay. Yeah, it really all comes back to the the culture that we have here at Consumers, because I know that even sometimes when interns don't stay for whatever reason, they move out of state, um, many of them return year over year for internships as well, don't they? Yes, absolutely. And we do have uh, the situation and, and I know it happens in security and I think other areas too, where, you know, your three months is up, but you can um, juggle your class load and a job. Sometimes you'll back off uh, the number of hours that you're working, but they'll stay on throughout the year and again, do sort of a second tour, um, so to speak, in that next summer and maybe stay on, you know, until a full-time position opens up or, you know, they might leave us, go go have a job somewhere for a couple of years. And then when an opportunity opens, they, they uh, come back to the team. So um, very much a... Um, an interesting um, setup to the intern council um, and and just how they, you know, like I said, bring them in and that we really just try and immerse them in our culture. Um, and so they know if it's a good fit or not. It, it's not for everybody, right? Um, and so I think it's a great opportunity to have that three months to learn that about yourself um, as, a, as an intern and then the team to learn about you to see if that fit is um, reciprocal. So kudos to you and the intern council for really putting together a robust program. I know that it's appreciated not only by the interns that have those jobs, but by the departments that they serve. So thank you for your work on that. Well, thank you. That's uh, it's a great team, and um, the the smaller the smaller councils a, a lot of times will partner uh, together so that they're you know putting on events and hosting lunch and learns and doing some different things for the interns throughout the summer so that they're not doing one offs that they're able to invite more students in um, to experience some of those activities. So it's been great. Yes, and I've actually been at a couple of the intern lunches uh, back when we were doing those face-to-face -face as a member of our Veterans Advisory Panel and also a member of our uh, Capable Employee Resource Group. So got to meet some of the fine folks that are involved in all of that. Uh, Amy, I did want to shift gears a little bit because I noticed that we talk about the security organization, uh, or at least we've used that term here a couple of times in our conversation. And, you know, full transparency to the audience, we talked a little bit ahead of time and I kept calling it corporate security. And finally, you said, Bill, it's not corporate security. It's really the security organization and corporate <laughs> security is only like a function of it. And that was like a revelation to me because I've always just called it corporate security. So can we talk about the security organization and what those functions really are? Absolutely. Um, this is this has been an identity crisis of sorts uh, for really the whole time I've been here, and even a couple of years before that. So um, I will have my three year anniversary in January. So I think the story starts about a year or two before that, um, and that was when security was in the IT organization. And so IT was IT and security was IS, so information security. And so that I think most people thought of as sort of the cyber function. Um, at that point, a corporate security or a physical security, usually that group you think of as, you know, former police officers and um, that sort of thing were in a different 
um, part of the company. And so when security departed from uh, the IT organization and kind of started uh, our own organization about four years ago, um, it, it took on this new identity. And so, yes, you had that cybersecurity function. Um, and yes, you you brought in that corporate security function, investigating threats of violence, you know, um, corporate protection, that sort of thing. Um, but then you have all these other pieces. So now we are one big organization with, with five different areas. Um, and so the, the one is corporate security, right? That is um, not all former police officers, but some. Um, and like I said, they investigate the threats of violence. They perform um, OSAs. These are when they go to the different sites and make sure that there's not a hole in the fence or to make sure that the cameras are working and um, that kind of thing. And so they perform those inspections to let the site leaders know, hey, you might have an issue. Um, and then those, those uh, site leaders go ahead and make those, those uh, changes. So that's very much a uh, function of our corporate security team. Then we have our compliance team and they um, help deal with all of the, the federal regulations, all the FERC and NERC and all of that. Um, um, to make sure that we are um, compliant with all of the, um, the the security tools that we have and and all the regulations, um, and then we have the fusion center. And if that that's sort of a newer term for us, um, if you haven't been to the first floor of um, OEP lately, make sure you go over and uh, take a look at the fusion center. They basically built this area um, so that um, preparing for our worst day is one of our strategies, and so. For us, the worst day is a cyber and a physical attack. And so we wanted this location where we could have both of those teams come together and make sure that we are um, communicating well and having um, information in real time. And so um, they went and, and toured um, a lot of different fusion centers throughout the country and tried to figure out what the best technology would be. And so they built the fusion center I believe it opened a week before COVID hit. So the timing was a little unfortunate. Um, and so really nobody got to see it and barely anyone got to work in it for, for a while. Um, and, and it has folks working there now, of course, but um, the, uh, the Fusion Center is, is really um, a great accomplishment to help the security organization do its job well. But um, once, once things are a little more opened up, we are so excited to be hosting tours and taking people through and showing them the technology. So that's really um, an, exciting, an exciting piece for us. Um, and within the Fusion Center, like I said, is our cybersecurity uh, incident response team um, and um, uh, also some factions of our physical security, our corporate security team, um, who does a lot of the monitoring of buildings and that sort of thing. So that is the third. And then we have our security engineering team, right? Um, so our OT is under that and um, all of the... Um, the engineering and technology that goes behind uh, a lot of the tools that we we use. Um, our engineering team could tell you a lot more about what they do. Uh, they're they're much more um, in tune to the everyday, but they they help a lot of those tools function properly. And then the program management team is. Uh, it, I, I kind of call it the grease of the organization. It helps keep everything running. Um, you know, when, when we have a, a new a new tool or a new project that we're starting, 
um, that team make sure that it's on time and on budget and exactly what we need um, for for the for service to um, the the work that we do. So all of those leaders could tell you a million times more than I just did, but that's kind of the high level view um, and the five areas within our greater organization. So if we think about the security organization and then all these different uh, organizations with under that umbrella, uh, that's a lot of people doing a lot of work in just really one small area of a company who really, uh, you know, serves our customers with gas and electricity, but for having, you know, the fusion center and security engineering and uh, program management and compliance and, you know, physical security, all those things together, it sounds like helps keep this company safe and running safely. Absolutely. And if, uh, if you've ever been, um, <laughs> I will say bitten by one of our phishing tests, um, that's us, right? We want to make sure that our coworkers are very clear about what a phishing um, attempt would look like. And so once a month, our um, security awareness team puts out a test and that test is designed to help keep us sharp and make sure that we are not falling for scams. And, um, you know, ransomware is a huge problem um, and growing. Um, and so just making sure that we are being extra vigilant and extra safe in our our work um, online and making sure we're not falling for any of those phishing attacks. So yeah, that, that's just one faction of um, our, that one happens to live under our program management team. Um, and so there's, there's that piece, which is really important. And that's, that's one of the things that I think people associate with the security team is that security awareness piece. Um, if you've ever seen Finn walking around, he's our big blue shark um, in his, in his, you know, it's a costume of course, but uh, usually, <laughs> We have an intern playing Finn. <laughs> it's not. Sometimes it's. Uh, we usually try and find a, a taller person to be Finn. Just the way the costume is designed, I'm like, ooh, I'm a. I'm all of five feet. I don't think I can pull off the Finn costume. But, um, but yeah. So we we have uh, our our mascot come to our shadow days and to some of our security awareness um, events and fairs and um, October is uh, security awareness month. And so, you know, you'll, you'll see some different pieces uh, come out during that month too, just to help remind folks um, that, you know, this is really important. And, and part of our job is keeping the grid safe. And so we need your help to do it. We can't do it alone. Well, and I, you know, you guys have gotten very, good at your fishing expeditions because I know there was one a few months ago that I almost, almost, but not quite fell for. And, you know, you mentioned mascots. I'll, I'll share with you. I don't think I've talked about this before, but uh, back in the day, I was actually Chuck E. Cheese for a couple of years. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> really enjoyed that. And then I was also McGruff the crime dog uh, oh a few times. Goodness. So I have a little mascot in my background. So, uh, if you're looking for a fin, let me know. I, I can always stand in when you need me. Oh, that's awesome. You are on my short list, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, to know, good to know. So I've, I've really enjoyed learning about the security organization. Many times uh, we relate corporate security to, uh, you know, investigations and things like that. We don't necessarily look at all the positive work that gets done that's out in front that is uh, helping to 
uh, be proactive uh, in fighting off some of these threats that are um, external and internal. So I really appreciate you sharing all of this with me and with the audience, because I think it may open some eyes as to the work that we really do when it comes to security here at Consumers Energy. Uh, Amy, we are getting close to the end of the podcast, though. And before we go, I'm just wondering, is there anything that you would like to share with the audience? I would say um, that it's it's never too late for a new adventure. And um, like I said, I took a, a leap of faith in leaving higher education and, and trying a role in a utility. And um, it's been wonderful. Um, and, and I see myself staying here until I retire, um, maybe in a slightly different role, maybe even in a different department, who knows? Um, but I would just encourage uh, your listeners to, you know, don't hesitate to try something new. Um, maybe it's just uh, something in their personal lives, uh, a new hobby or a class or something like that. Um, or maybe it is something bigger, like uh, like a change in um, their career. But, um, you know, I think we get to a certain age and, you know, we think, well, we're, we're just, we're going to finish what we started. Um, but that doesn't have to be the case. And so I would just encourage you uh, and your listeners to, to just try that new thing and, and, you know, Remember that it's never too late for a new adventure. Thank you for that, Amy. And, you know, I think we'll be talking with you more about some of your adventures in the future here at Consumers Energy. You know, when we talk about taking care of that professional pillar of well-being. I think this really exemplifies uh, doing that because sometimes that means stepping out of our comfort zone and doing something completely different. Absolutely. Thanks again, Amy, for taking the time out to talk with us. Well, thank you, Bill. I appreciate it. And uh, I hope you have a great afternoon. And a big thank you to the audience for listening in today. Remember, we can be found on all major podcasting platforms. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And now you can check us out on Facebook at Me, you, Us Podcast, where you'll find out all the latest information about the podcast, including the newest episodes and previous episodes that you may have missed. So be sure to go out to at Podcast on Facebook, like and follow our page, and you'll get all the latest information. And as always, join us every Wellbeing Wednesday as we talk about the things that impact your personal well-being.